That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to HIC Talk Radio. We are back after taking a week off. Well, technically two weeks off. You know, because the week before we did Nerd Herders, but this week we are back. Wrestling is back. Um, we have a few things to talk about before we get to the historic part. We are everywhere on social media. H-I-A-C Talk Radio. I am the above average comedian. No, I'm not. I'm the other guy. I forgot. Uh, uh. I'm the other guy. <laughs> I'm the other guy. Dan Calachico, why can't we hear you? I'm going to fix that. I'm the other guy, can't call Chico. And with me, as always, Craig Legans. Hi, Craig. Say hi to everybody, Craig. Hi to everybody, Craig. I I am Craig Legans, celebrating the number one movie in all of the world, uh, Venom. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not my toothy grin, in case you hadn't for figured that out yet and we have been away for hair how yes no interior decorators that listen to and watch this show are thoroughly enthralled by our background and dan in a brand spanking new place uh to with a brand new background but we're going with the high res anyway because this is hiac talk radio and branding is everything yeah and i was worried at first you know if we both put the background on, we're both we look so similar. I don't know anybody would if they'd be able to tell, tell who us, was speaking us, when. Which is yes. That's why but, I put the mask on. So you know I'm this is Craig, and that's that's the other guy. Yeah, I'm 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 the other guy. Yes, it, it worked out, everybody. Um Craig, because you've you teased me before the show and I can't bear to wait any longer. <laughs> um you wanted to talk about something, but you were not gonna let me know what the topic was until we were on the air. So I'm going to make you go first because I, I, I can't deal with it. Anymore. The anticipation okay. is killing me. Yes. And you've waited, you know, we waited almost two weeks to do a new show. So, you know, another couple of minutes ain't going to kill you. Yeah. But I almost had to uh, call an audible, Dan, and say I couldn't make tonight's HIAC uh, podcast tonight on HIAC Talk Radio to talk about our favorite sport because I was invited to attend oh, yeah. the live taping right now of AEW right here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They are at Temple's McGonagall Hall on the uh, Temple University campus. Campus. Um, there is a campus there, uh, but right there on the corner of help me and oh my god, I'm not kidding, please help me. Um <laughs> Wait, wait. Do the Lee Cor Center is it the yeah, new name? Leo Cor- it is the Leo Cor Center. Oh, okay. I didn't yes, know that. It, yes, it is the Leo Cor Center. Where the right now, as we're as we are doing this show live, um, there is uh, several thousand Philadelphians right now enjoying AEW as we speak, and we'll have a review on that on next week's show. 
But uh, yes, uh, but AEW making their maiden voyage here to Philadelphia. And as I'm talking to you right now, gentlemen and ladies of HIET Talk Radio, CM Punk is making his return to Philadelphia. That's right. I say return because uh, for many uh, long-term, long-time independent wrestling fans right here in Philadelphia, we had the pleasure of seeing uh, one Mr. Phil Brooks apply his trade here for many, many years, uh, not just in uh, the celebrated bingo hall, but in the National Guard Armory in the Northeast uh, under the Ring of Honor banner. Um, and he just did a tremendous stage, stage dive. Um, oh, he's wrestling. Oh, yeah, no, he's uh, not. He, he's commentating, but he's coming out to the fan and, you know, just to, and AEW is doing a smart thing because they have a, you know, the franchise, the big money ticket seller here, and they're featuring him every week, which is smart. You know, even if they wrestle every week, you have him on commentary every week, or you have an interview with him every week, you have him on every week. Why they couldn't do this with MJF from the beginning, I do not know, but they're doing it with Punk, and that's solid, solid strategy. I, you know, we were we've been talking. We talked the last couple of weeks before the the time off about all 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 elite whiteies and uh-huh. uh, lack of diversity, and we've talked at great length over the last two years now of the. Uh, Oh, you took your man. You're black, dude. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. It, so is your shirt and your mask. Yeah. Well matched. Yeah. No, um, we, we've also talked at the, um, the last two years about all these, what we feel mm-hmm. are gaps in the booking IQ of the buddies three. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I and I want to say I I want them to be successful. Of course, there's a lot of good people that I I know people on the roster. Yeah, you know I I of course want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. It would be stupid of me to not say that. Yeah, and I've said um, that about every wrestling organization that's ever come up, even back to the territory days. I never want to see anyone any territory go out of business. But at the same time, we happen to live in this time where it's automatic, Craig, if you question something mm-hmm. that, oh, why don't you just quit and not, not like it anymore? It started, you know, after 9-11. Well, if you don't like it, just leave. I'm like, well, I'd just like this to be better here. <laughs> right. Uh, if I, it would be very easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I fight this every day with the NHL. God knows, <laughs> especially the last two fi- uh, friggin' weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't roll my eyes the back of my head any harder than that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could easily just dismiss it, but it's like, I, no, I would like the thing I like to be better. Of course. Or what I think is better. So I will talk about these things until I'm blue in the face or dead. And yeah. very true. One of the two of those things are either or is very possible one day. I mean, one day, yeah. definitely, but sooner than later. I mean, yeah. But, you know, with AEW book, I just wanted to be better. I, I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. Um, I used to like the Young Bucks. I didn't have a problem with the Young Bucks. Um, but they are not the name that comes to mind when I hear AEW, uh, you know, on T. I don't care. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't care about Cody either. It's everybody else. And the problem is when you're on that mindset, when they're not getting booked and you're seeing the two guys you don't care about, uh, it's hard to watch. Now, that being said, they did a lot of things leading up to, you know, when we took the week off, all because of us. Kidding. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so a good step would be whether whether we like it or not. And I know plenty of people that were, there's 50, 50 there's no in-between on CM Punk. Mm-hmm. There's either people that like him, that really like him, me, or the yeah. people that think he's a whiny bitch, that, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to think that CM Punk is one of the first wrestlers, Gesundheit, thank you, um, to not speak out in that way, but to be like, this is, this is what happened to me, right? One of the first. There were many. Some of them. We're no longer with us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Ashley, yeah. Dafty, others. Mm-hmm. Uh, CM Punk was the one that had the louder voice that used it and told, hey, you know, this is what I experienced. And uh, it's good to see him happy again. And yeah. to st- talk about what you said, it's good to see him being used as yeah. the guy that they said he was supposed to be again. Mm-hmm. Um It'll be interesting to see where we're at under a year. Because right now, with all of this, it still hasn't tipped any scales. Ratings-wise. No. no. Um, aside from certain segments, and of course you can draw a line from the segments that Drew that have the AEW has had the best ratings are for when Punk you know, debuted or when Punk has a segment on the show or, or Punk's first match. And uh, I don't think there was a. I, I think the people that see him as a whiny bitch are in the minority. Very because, much. Just because of the the, uh, the amount of uh, applause he still gets, um, any every time he comes out, and it's reflected in the ratings too. And you know, we talked about what would ha- what. Well, I speculated what will happen to AEW once these guys start showing up, namely Punk. Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, baby, uh, when they are the top guys, what's going to happen to the original AEW top guys, meaning the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Now, I've never been a fan of the the Young Bucks or or, or Kenny Omega. I've, t- I've tolerated them, sure. but I, I only had a problem when everyone was thinking or when certain wrestling uh, journalists or sheets started portraying them as the best in the world um, because that couldn't be further from the truth. I don't have a problem with Kenny Omega's athleticism, but I will always have a problem with his career and what he's chosen to do with it, namely wrestling kids, wrestling uh, a mop, um, something else. Uh, And the Young Bucks, to me, are a joke as far as anyone. And the fact that anyone can think they're the best tag team uh, in the world, and it's like a double-edged sword. It's like I can't believe anyone would think they're the best tag team in the world. And then the counter, yeah, but what? Because yeah, it's obviously it's New Day, which is an even bigger problem for me. That someone would think they're the best tag team in the world, or that they're the greatest in WWE history. Um, when they're when 
seeing that the, the guys were coming in now, when they get to hopefully to get to the point where they are the, the dominant ones, what's that going to mean for the Kenny Omegas and the Young Bucks? Um, because what CM hopefully Punk off TV. Is, hopefully <laughs> off TV. What CM Punk is doing now and what um Brian Daniels is isn't doing in a lesser extent. CM Punk said I want to, you know, face the best. And he, you know, with Darby Allen and then with uh Hobbs, who has superstar written all over him. And amazing. Was, it was a great match, too. Great matches that he had. And he and and punk put him over afterwards. And uh that kind of thing can lead and I just to, like him. Yeah, and and I I like him too. And and because he, he and he even just Team Taz getting a rub with Punk because I like to see Ricky Starks in with him that and Punk can do that with these guys and can elevate them and to a certain point. But there unfortunately there isn't a tag team that could do that for like an FTR, who is legitimately the best tag team in the world in any organization, even when they were in the WWE. Um, because the, the young bucks heard how everyone thought that FTR was the best tag team in the world. So when FTR signed an AEW, they had a they had FTR win the tag team championship, not from the Young Bucks. And then they have one match with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks go over, of course, and then FTR is buried for we never see them again. We gotta get, no we gotta get yeah. Omega Squad back on for that. Yeah. And I'll gladly um have welcome Chris's opinion on that, but that's just a power play dick move by the Young Bucks. We, I, I don't need that. I, I don't could. need another reason to not like them, but that this is just <laughs> you, you just gave me four reasons. You just gave me yeah. reason number four, yeah. <laughs> but you blatantly <laughs> burying another tag team because other people think that they're better than that, and they have a legitimate reason that they're better than you because they are actual tag team wrestlers and not you know middle aged school children that are doing uh, acrobatics. Every I night. think the young bucks are fine, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think you got COVID. Not yet. Um, I heard good things though. Um, no, I, I, the the young bucks are. You've seen one young bucks match. You've seen them all because they. Do That's the what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're fine. They're fine. But I don't. This word elite that gets thrown around, and I know that the point is to put yourself over. Like who else is going to do it? But I, I, they're fine. They're, the the AFW all fine wrestling. For them, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, Cody I, Rhodes, I think, is a great wrestler. Cody Rhodes is. Unfortunately, Cody Rhodes doesn't want to be a great wrestler. Cody Rhodes wants to be a TV star. Yes, exactly. And, 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 I, and I want to double down and say you are not your father. Yes. That's, that's yeah. it on that one. Let's talk about something a little happier then. Please. Um, and it's funny. You didn't go to AW. A friend of mine is there right now reporting to me where she is and what she's saying. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting a live tweet too. Apparently, CM Punk gave a uh, promo for the ages. I have and, to watch that later. Yeah, and uh, probably mentioning his his time here in Philly. But go ahead. Oh hell yeah! I mean, uh, people forget, uh, you know, the the dude kind of made Ring of Honor for a little while there. Yeah, and him and Kevin Steen and Samoa El Generico Joe. and Samoa Joe and. A, bunch of others that came through there kind of kept that place afloat especially after diddles 
Um, right. so, so let's talk about something that's a little happier. Mm-hmm. The Hurt Business are back together. Yes. Man, I think they that with such a very such a welcome sight to see. I'm glad someone, I'm not gonna say Vince, I don't want to give him that much credit, came to their senses and said, Hey, you know, you can you see what uh the bloodline is doing in SmackDown and how we had that first here with Lashley and uh, Cedric and Shelton and how that could have been the Raw's version of that. And yeah, so I seeing that back, get, if you, you get them all belts again, I'd be so enamored with that. And just to give them a, a run with that. You have a ready, you have a, an instant heel team. This is why, why I was so confused why it was broke up in the first place. Because even the buck stops his fence, obviously. But he loves stables. He's always loved stables. He wants everyone to be in a group all the time. And so you have this group. At one point, we had seven fucking stables <laughs> during yes. the attitude era, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. I couldn't keep track of them. Lost per week was in DOA and the Nation of Domination and the Hard Foundation. And, and DX, the DX. And, 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 <laughs> and, and the oddities. And just one after the other after the other. Now you have a stable right there, and it's perfect. And you have the perfect guy MVP leading them, talking them. He could be the raw version of Heyman, not to that level, but just the guy that's it that is such a great talker that he can get people, he can get the heat for his team, especially for for Alexander and Shelton because they're not strong promo guys. But man, I please just stay with it. Just put. Let him, let him go. Put him back in the title hunt. Give him belts back. I have a question. Yes, sir. Because I watched Extreme Rules, but we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Did did Goldberg, uh, Bobby Lashley happen yet? Uh, yeah. That was when Ma- uh, Goldberg's son came and jumped on him, and who won? That was uh Lashley. Lashley won. Yeah. Just just a couple weeks ago. That was a couple months ago. No, no, I mean the current yeah. program they're running. The, is Goldberg uh, gone again? <laughs> no, he just brought they just brought him back. Yeah, who is he running the program against? I, I guess Lashley again. Yes, what because, I'm saying that yeah. that that's still building, right? Yeah, well, they already had a match though. <laughs> that's no, I know that, I know yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah, building yeah. up to another match, which was I, I was getting it mixed up in my head because the thought I had, the terrifying thought I had. Because I agree with you 100% about the Hurt Business. And it's been on record on this show how much we both enjoyed the hell out of those and and how uh, I was saying Cedric, because some people are saying, why is Cedric Alexander there? And I'm like, you guys have no goddamn idea how good Cedric Alexander is. He is what Shelton Benjamin was and is now. He's that good. He deserves to be there. I put those guys over because they deserve to be put over. Here's my terrifying thought. Mm. Are they only together to get beat up by Goldberg? No, God, no, no, no. That's what I was afraid of, Mm -hmm. because whenever this comes to, whenever this ends, that's what I'm afraid of. Whenever that, I'm like, don't you dare just put them together to get steamrolled by an old man, because I, I, I don't, 
I'd be really upset. You know, I just, they don't deserve that. No, Literally no. and figuratively. No. But yeah. otherwise, it's good to see them back. I was very happy about that. It's I'm very happy about it. And I love that. It was like, they're back together. We're off this week. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but I, again, it, it goes back. Um, you know, we, we, we talked um, in, pre, in the previous HIC talk radio about how the, the, the momentum has shifted to AEW because of the debuts of uh, of Punk and um, Brandy Anderson and, and Adam Cole, baby, and and tonight Bobby Fish is back. So an undisputed oh, reunion, very nice, uh, would be so. It, and the WWE and the difference between now and '96, because you know when Hogan Hall and Nash left, the WWE still had Austin Rock. Mick Foley, Triple H for better or worse, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, guys that they can, you know, that were young and in some cases um, had experience in WCW and Vince had no, you know, hadn't, didn't have any uh, um, reason or he did, had, was not willing to push any of them. But because of that, he, he went against his better judgment, and you know, look what happened with Austin Rock and you know with superstars. And WWF doesn't have that now. They don't have anyone, at least not you know, in below fifty that can that they can you know book on you know for their future. They what they have now is Goldberg. They have Lesnar. You know, you're bringing back guys from you know twenty years ago. Keith Lee, Cedric mm-hmm. Alexander, the aforementioned. Yeah. Uh, just two. Just I two guys say, off the bat. Yeah I, yeah, I would say Damian Priest. I would put him Damian in Priest. Uh, we, I've already, we already discussed him at great, at great length of how good he is and yeah. how happy I am that he's in the spot that he is. So he does definitely, not that I'm biased at all. No. Um, Another guy that has the potential to be a guy going forward that can that he's young enough, he looks great, he talks great, and with the right kind of push, he could be in the top eight. Uh, Austin Theory, I think he he's everything that that checks all the boxes, and a guy that's young enough that you can bring some time with. Yes, exactly. Karen Cross too. Yeah, as long as he they dropped that stupid effing gimmick. The guy was a killer in NXT. I don't know why. Priest is the only one that they kept his they kept his character. I hate using that word when it comes to professional wrestling, but they kept his character from NXT into WWE. They could have done the same with Karrion Cross. Why does he have to look like Russell Crowe from Gladiator or have the it, low rent demolition? It looked like a knockoff extra from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes. It's bad. It looked like that he was on set of the Don't Lose My Number Phil Collins music video. I know you know what I'm talking about. I do. Um, <laughs> My favorite of uh, the Phil Collins video. And they and they I, I know that they his group was or Vince was enamored with Scarlet. We'll get and he's he, the thing where I thought the plan was I heard was that he's not he's Gonna his first match he loses to Jeff Hardy, which was complete bullshit. And um, especially given how they buried Jeff Hardy since then. 
Um, even putting him in the 24-7 chase, which was very demeaning. I've never been a Jeff Hardy fan, but dude, you're 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 running down the ring to chase a 24-7 title and you're a former world champion. Um but uh no, no, they got Ron they they had uh Ron Killings. They had yeah. R-Truth doing it for a year. Yeah, He's but former Ron, NWA champion. They don't, you know the WWE didn't recognize the NWA, so that that's a bad example. But I'm saying they well, what they were going to me. Sorry. <laughs> never gonna see Ron Killings as an NWA champion on the WWE TV show. Ever. My bad. But Sorry. um, but they, they were gonna use Scarlet. I'm saying he was gonna carry cross was gonna lose until he got Scarlet, and then he was gonna be the unstoppable monster. Where the hell Scarlet? I don't know. I don't know point. what they're doing. I, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. But, I, but, but yeah, so, Karen, Karen Cross could be another killer. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but those guys that you that we just mentioned are, are people that could potentially be the, the game changers that the WWE has, you know, kind of like what they what they had in 96, you know, was right there and they turned the spotlight on them and they got themselves over and the fans recognized how good they really were. Even when Rock was in all one of the eight groups in the, in the nation, you know when when Rock was on that, you know that's when you 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 don't flip the WCW because you want to hear what that guy's got to say or you yep. got to see his match. Same thing with Austin. Uh, WWF doesn't have that now unless they if they want to start building it. Then now is the time. Now is a good time. Yeah. And they, uh, they have the opportunity because I mean AEW went up a little, but their ratings aren't. It's not. They're not crushing Raw. They're not crushing SmackDown. They're not coming close to them. But you know, if you do want to do something, you know, during this low, I think with the women it'll be good because uh, Bailey will be back soon. Yay! <gasps> uh, thank- uh, yes, exactly. Uh, I love Bailey and I love that she went heel and I love that it was sarcastic pain in the ass. I want to get my hands around you and strangle you. Yeah. Heel. <laughs> Perfect. Now, is um, she going to be heel when she comes back? I hope so. If they drop the ding dong hello and make that a baby face thing, I would be very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people are tired of Charlotte, but Charlotte's still kicking there. That's fine. Um I want to talk about Alexa Bliss for a second. And I, I don't want to talk about the gimmick stuff because I know you hate that stuff. And, and I understand your, your your feelings are valid. I get it. <laughs> but no, 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 I'm serious. I, 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 I totally that. understand in the grand scheme of things where you've been watching and when I've been watching, it's less acceptable. You know what I mean? It's not acceptable yeah. for you. It's something you've been mm-hmm. watching. And I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, Kelly and I were talking about it watching Extreme Rules, and she hadn't watched the wrestling show in a year and a half because uh, she hates it more than I do. Um, <laughs> uh, Alexa Bliss is so good. Yeah. Even at this, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter what her size is. It was the same thing with AJ, AJ Lee. AJ yeah. Lee is so damn good. And it doesn't matter that she's 5'1 and weighs 100 pounds. Um, the same thing with Alexa Bliss. And I know we're just probably beating a dead horse because people there are people who know this there are people who are like ah, who, what nobody cares you're wrong alexa bliss is so good even at this she's making this which some would argue is bad not near debating that because i have no debate against it um but she's making it work for her so there's a chance 
as long as she's around, that that would be good too, because she could be a good fit. We know Alexa Bliss could be the top heel or the top face for the win, uh, yeah. or on the show. Period. Um, Dewdrop. I'm not going to call her that anymore. That's a terrible name. Um, I just uh, Piper Nevin. Yeah, Piper Nevin. Mm-hmm. Um, if they drop that, with all due respect to Ava Marie. <laughs> I'm not going to be a typical wrestling fan and just be male chauvinistic or about it because I don't feel that way. Yeah. But you're a manager. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you and I have got talked blue in the face about amazing managers over the last 50 years yeah. that were better than some of the wrestlers they worked with. Yes. Hyper Devin should be where Nia Jax is because she doesn't hurt anybody. Yes. Because she's a big girl and a yes. big tough girl and mm-hmm. a great wrestler. Yes. No denying that. Mm-mm. Yet, yeah, Avery me again, all due respect, I know you want to make a run for, they want to make a run with it and say her, like it's her fault. Um, sorry, I take that, but it's not her fault. No. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I, she should be a manager. She should be the mouthpiece yeah. for somebody. Um, but, and the eventual return now that she's had a baby. Again, I know how polarizing she is for some people because of some of the things she says about people's sexual orientation that shouldn't be public. Shut up. Ronda Rousey will be back eventually, I hope. And yeah. Becky is kicking it as always. So the, the women's division is strong. The talent is there, Craig, to build on what you were saying. It's just they got to pick somebody and push it to the moon. I don't care if you call Keith Lee Bearcat Pizza Bagel. Push him. Yeah. He will make that work. I've seen Keith Lee work. Tiny people, tiny guys, tiny women, big guys, big women, and have great matches. One of the best matches I've ever seen in the last 10 years in person is Angelus Lane versus Keith Lee at Nova Pro Wrestling. Look that up. You would No, that can't. Fantastic match. Fantastic oh. match. Keith Lee could wrestle a phone book and be entertaining. Push that. Why, why am I looking at... Why is Goldberg on my TV? When Keith, why? I have no idea. And you can't be making that much money. And with Keith Lee, this is like his third or fourth persona. Have given a guy with wrestling in a, it's not a persona. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just a name change. What the fuck was wrong with Limitless? How Absolutely can you not. fuck up Limitless? They'll find a way. Jesus so, Christ! Now he's the dude had it built in. He yeah. looks like a badass. He talks like a motherfucking boss. Bearcat. Whatever, limitless again. Mm-hmm. They, that they one have. confuses me. That I'm legitimately every day when Raw doesn't end with him carrying the belt or a belt, I am legitimately confused. I've been confused ever since he debuted at the Royal Rumble and the poppy got going one on one with Brock. You build on that and 
and COVID messed everything up, but still you had the momentum that Drew McIntyre had after 2020, after the Royal Rumble 2020, carried him all the way to the championship. You could have done the same thing with Keith Lee, uh, but they blew that uh, time and time again because he's had, I don't know how many different stops and starts and different outfit changes. Uh, and now I'm, I'm hoping that Bearcat, as stupid as it is, sticks. But also, you have to remember, Keith Lee's in his mid thirties, so it's not like he he doesn't. Not saying he he doesn't have a lot of time, but if you're going to do something with him, now is the time to do it. And I said the same thing. But come on, sweetie, I love you, but this is Daddy's camera time. Um, I said the same <laughs> thing about Robert about Robert Root about how he's being wasted. You know, we're talking about people that, that you know, when the Big E is champion, I'll get to that in a second, um, and think how he deserves it and he deserves it. Eh, eh. He, uh, Big E is as uh, paid his dues, obviously, and he's been with the company a long time, but as far as deserving it, I put Robert Roode over Big E every single day of the week, just like with Cesaro. Does he even make the top five. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and and if you're going to do the women's division, uh, all the people you and was legit, legit, um, Dan, uh, we didn't even mention Oscar. Oh my god! Because I forget what she's doing at this point. And and Dan, if you're going to have a women's division with anyone, even if you're bringing the four horse women back, your women's division should start should start and end with Rhea Ripley. That's your franchise right there. She's your female. She's as close to a. That can be a potentially mainstream star of any sex that you have on that entire roster. Rhea Ripley should be on the cover of everything on the face of everything. She should not be teaming up. Hurricane ripoff. Oh, and if you get the raw when Nikki came out. It's when Rhea came out, the place went nuts. So, and those and those are your your tag team champions in quotes. Rhea Ripley is is in your top. Your great age, she's in your top four. I think the point was is we have basically named about in each in, in the entire company, men and women. We have just mentioned about twenty people yeah. who are there mm-hmm. who can do the job if they would just push them. I think yeah. that was the takeaway from all of this is the talent is there. Mm-hmm. It's just that the writers and the staff figure it out. Yeah. Because unfortunately, they're, that's who they're beholden to. And, and what they have, it, what they have in their going their favor was it is kind of the lack of direction that AEW has with their with their top guys because, and they're slowly starting to get it because right now MJF is on. Where he wasn't for months at a time, and that next Roddy Piper right there in your employ, and why he's not on TV every week again, he doesn't have to wrestle every week. Give him two minutes on a microphone, and there's you know, that's more than enough quality time that he needs. Um, but you have guys, and we're already with Adam Cole, they're not, um, he's been with the company. And he's got to take a second fiddle to Kenny Omega and the and, you know, the 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 young fucks. 
and uh, he's a standout star on his own. He shouldn't be with those clowns. Now that you got Bobby Fish back, too, um, not saying they have to reunite, but when they should, I, I just, he just came out in Philadelphia here. Bobby Fish just had a match with Sammy Guevara toward the place, but he got a tremendous hand coming out. Um, Brian Danielson keeping him in the in the top in right away with uh, with the world champion, which again is smart. Um, and same thing with CM Punk, have him work gradually to the point where a year from now you could get Punk versus Danielson, and that could sell out. You know, again, if they do it right, keep them apart, stretch. That's the one thing that I don't see AEW doing because they have so many. I mean, Tony Khan came out and said he was a head booker, which, okay. And if that was the case, it doesn't explain why the Young Bucks are on TV every single week, no matter what, and FTR isn't. And there has to be some type of segment for Orange Cassidy, you know, the 20 members of the Dork Order. But. <laughs> But guys like Hobbs or or Ricky Starks can't get any TV time. Um, same thing with Moxley. Uh, I really honestly, I was ever the WWF W champion for as many times as he was because I don't recognize this guy who comes out of the crowd every week and does the same garbage match with tables and candlesticks and it's like he ne- he. It's like the time he spent the WWE, he was like, man, I cannot wait to get a glass tube over somebody's head because, man, I really miss. I, I, I miss concussions. Craig, Mr. Lagans, I think it's that time. I do believe. Good at that time. Hold on, I actually have a watch. It is yeah. not. It it is not clobbering time. No, it is not hammer time. Uh, it is in fact time to go back into the way back machine, which is why I've got my glasses so I can see the path so much more clear. As we step back to when wrestling was indeed called wrestling and not sports entertainment, when it took place in all 50 states, inside of packed stadiums, coliseums, high school gymnasiums, when wrestling was on network television and was watched by millions, not hundreds of thousands, (laughs) millions, with ratings in higher than ones. Back when uh, our favorite sport was something we called professional wrestling uh we're gonna go back we're gonna start october since this is the merry month of october welcome um we're gonna go october 4th uh 1981 uh we're gonna go to the carolinas very special date in the carolinas because there was a, a tournament for the second biggest prize in the nwa the nwa united states championship tournament. Now, the champion, Wahoo McDaniel, uh, was attacked by Abdullah the Butcher and had to relinquish his United States Heavyweight Championship. 
So a tournament was held to crown a new United States heavyweight champion. And uh, I'll cut right to the, uh, the, the, the chase, the ending, the finals. Sergeant Slaughter defeated Ricky Steamboat for the United States Heavyweight Championship on October 4th, 1981. But curious thing, Dan, one of the participants in the tournament, one of the people that Ricky Steamboat defeated on his way to the finals in the United States tournament was someone that they had, they had flown in or actually probably drove in because in the in the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship tournament was the WWF's color man, a man that they brought in because of his rivalry with Sergeant Slaughter, a rivalry that culminated in a boot camp match in Madison Square Garden, which was discussed at length on NWA television, coming in specifically to get a chance to get Sergeant Slaughter and wrestle in the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship Tournament was Pat Patterson. Oh. <laughs> and Ricky Steamboat defeated Pat Patterson on his way to the finals to face Sergeant Slaughter. And after the match between two baby faces, Pat Patterson took, shook Ricky Steamboat's hand and said, if anyone could beat Slaughter, if it wasn't me, I hope it's you. And the crowd will go banana. But um, <laughs> back then in 1981, the the type of relationship. <laughs> Sorry. The type of relationship that the WWF and the NWA had at the time. <laughs> Pat Patterson was, was doing color commentary with Vince McMahon in 1980, in October of 1981. And he had feuded with Sergeant Slaughter in April of 81. Uh, their, his, Slaughter's last match there was against Pat Patterson in Madison Square Garden, an infamous boot camp match where Slaughter bled a gusher. Well, Slaughter left WWF, went to the Carolinas, became United States champion, and uh, lost it to Wahoo. Wahoo got hurt by Abdul the Butcher. Tournament was held. Slaughter comes out on top of one of the guys that were sent, went all the way down to the NWA to challenge him, Pat Patterson. And he and Ricky Steamboat had a babyface versus babyface match. Steamboat came out on top. But October 4th, 1981, 40 years ago, Pat Patterson from the WWF entered an NWA tournament. And they went banana. And the crowd went banana. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because I'm like, yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, that same date, five years later, October 1986, was the seventh Saturday night's main event that uh, took place, I believe, in Chicago. Uh, the main event that Saturday night was uh, Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff. Uh, and Paul Orndorff's manager, Bobby Heenan, interfered so many times that the referee threw him out. Uh, but he would be replaced by Adrian Adonis, who uh, prior to that Saturday night's main event had just started a feud with Roddy Piper. And Roddy Piper, he, he injured Roddy Piper in that attack when the flower shop uh, 
destroyed Piper's Pit. Well, this is Piper's first uh, time back uh, after Adrian Adonis injured his leg. And so when Piper climbed in the ring uh, after Adrian Adonis interfered in the Paul Orndorff Hulk Hogan match, Piper swung his crutch as hard as he could, legitimately separating the shoulder of Adrian Adonis. They called it a broken arm, but if you saw the replay, you could see Adrian's arm completely coming out of its socket and bending the wrong way as he flew over the top rope, which is a credit to the athleticism of Adrian Adonis. A near 300-pound man who could take that bump. Well, uh, Piper swung and missed um, Orndorff as well and fell at Hogan's feet, and Hogan went to hit him, but he didn't. And uh, Piper would later go on to wrestle the Iron Sheik, even though he was... Uh, that match was scheduled, but uh, Piper, because of his leg injury, was replaced by Pedro Morales. And Pedro Morales making his first, last, and only appearance on Saturday night's main event. This is in 1986, almost 20 years since he started with the company. Uh, Piper told him to get out of the ring, and he was going to face the Iron Sheik, and he did. And he beat Iron Sheik in less than a minute, but that was the first time Roddy Piper would appear on Saturday Night's Main Event or any televised uh, event as a face. So that was the day, October 4th, 1986, Roddy Piper turned face. And that particular Saturday Night's Main Event by uh, the WWF on network television did a 9.4 rating. Uh, turn it to October 5th. Um, bad day in wrestling. Um, October fifth. Um, uh, just uh, a climate. Uh, bad, uh, well, bad. Uh, with two D's because uh, October fifth, nineteen ninety seven, was the uh, debut of the Bad Blood pay per view. Ah, uh, very nice. Yes. Yeah, which uh featured the uh, main event of Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Um, and the Hell in the Cell match, and would also feature the debut of Kane. Glenn Jacobs making his first appearance. Oh, well, actually, his third appearance in the WWF. I was going to say, ooh. His first two didn't take. (laughs) Dr. Isaac Yankum. And the fake diesel. Fake diesel was so bad. <laughs> Sorry, I like Doctor. Uh, I I liked Isaac Yankum. That's I just me. Why. I don't know why. Uh, I, uh, it's, uh, I don't because think it's because you were young. You were I was kid. gonna say I was twelve, man. <laughs> you yeah, for me. <laughs> I I don't want anything from you, Dan, because I know anyone that like likes those characters back when everyone in the WWE had to be a cartoon. <sighs> if I was twelve, I'd love it too. I'd love. I went. I went. I went back to watch it recently, and I was like, <sighs> Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because I we have wrestling dentists. We have wrestling uh, toilet paper hockey toilet, players. Hockey players. Uh, toilet men, Skinners, you know, garbage men. What the fuck was Skinner? He was a, well, Steve Kern hunted crocodiles. That was a thing. And so, of course, okay. back then, McMahon had to do, let's have everyone, if you've ever done any job, menial job, 
we'll make that part of your character. Percy okay. Pringle, you worked in a funeral home. Okay, you're you're Paul Bearer now. Bill Irwin, you played hockey when you were in Minnesota. Okay, you're a goon. Tony Anthony, you worked for a plumbing company. Okay, you're T.L. Hopper. Everyone's got to everyone's got to be a character. Duke, I don't know what you did, but you're a garbage man. Okay. <laughs> you leave Duke alone. There, but uh, so again, if I, I was twelve, yes, sorry, I didn't mean to bring up painful fucking experience. I no, apologize. If, if I was twelve, I'd love it. But think, problem was, I wasn't twelve. See? Yeah. all I saw was garbage. All I saw was so, cartoons. The problem was, is you're an old man. That's my problem. See, God when damn I was it. So, when I wasn't so busy yelling at clouds, I was saying, I want my, I want my wrestling back. Well, um, that was, and not only was that the bad blood pay-per-view, uh, one of the people that was supposed to be on that card, uh, unfortunately, uh, wasn't there. And that was because that afternoon uh, was the death of Brian Pillman. Was it bad blood? Yep. Oh, fuck. Yep. Uh, October 5th, 1997, at the age of 35, we lost um, one of the greats um, and someone who could have been uh, one of the um, one of the greats. I I really don't have any doubt that, you know, we speculated on this podcast so many times we've had talked about wrestlers that if they were given a chance or wrestlers that were left before their time, I if Brian Pillman hadn't flipped his Hummer 188 times, I have no doubt that at one point, at least during the Attitude Era, he would have held gold, or if or he and Austin at least would have had a program if Austin would have gone, uh, if Austin still would have been world champion um, because of the love they had for each other and because of how good Brian Pillman was. Go ahead. You know, you said he could, he would have been one of the great ones. An amazing thing to that is, is and separating all we have known now from Dark Side of the Ring, mm-hmm. which we're gonna have to do a lot about that when talking yeah. about wrestling historian now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, Nature Boy, but you, 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 you couldn't get late that night. Nope. Okay. Um. Right then. Um. <laughs> right. Uh. He was already great in that short yeah. period of time. Yes, he was. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not I, putting I, disclaimer up every time we talk about somebody who's retired yeah. or dead. Yeah. Uh, we we know he's a terrible person. Morality, yeah. morality, morality wise, uh, yeah. canceling Brian Pillman won't help. He's already he canceled himself. Yeah, it, but I, I Brian Pillman, the testament to him because even the Brian Pillman. His- that was uh, a shell of his former self in the WWE still got himself over to the point where it he was, was getting still, major heat. Still yeah. so good. It was, yeah. still, it was, he was half, he was half what he was because of the injuries and he was still better than uh, yeah. most. And now we're just stuck with his doofus son. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we still talk about uh, uh, the, the, the angle he did with, uh, with Stone Cold breaking into his house with the you know people still talk about it today because it was so crazy and they just did the exact same thing last week with edge and, and seth rollins which Without looked like a, which looked like a but it looked like a comedy sketch yeah and no, it didn't come off the same way for those who don't know in uh 
in the mid nineties, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Flying Brian Pillman, excuse me, Stunning Steve Austin, yes, and Flying Brian Pillman were a tag team known as the Hollywood Blondes, and they got so over, and they weren't supposed to. They were literally coddled together because they didn't want to push them. Yeah, and mind you, we're talking about two of the best as far as in ring talent. One would argue, at a ring, you know, on the mic, like full blown talent in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. I mean, no dispute that what what Steve Austin became. Yes. And um, can't wait for that dark side of the ring. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, what Flying Brian became, mm-hmm. despite his uh, untimely death. Yeah. That being said, these two were put together as a tag team because they were like, we're not going to push him. We're just going to put him together. They got so over in spite of it. Being a heel tag team that they then became face, even though they were still doing heel shit, that they were broken back up again. Yeah. And so that kind of carried over. They split up. You know, Mm -hmm. Steve left, uh, went to ECW, then consequently WWF. Uh, Flying Brian stayed with WCW till about 96. Yeah. Uh, was in the Four Horsemen, then left, went to the ECW, and consequently WWF, and it picked back up to where they were like, hey, and then immediately start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and it built up to the point, and this was after they wrote it in that um, you know, Flying Brian hurt himself. Mm-hmm. I actually forgot how they wrote that. It's a blur to me now because it all blends together, but it culminated. It was supposed to culminate further, but unfortunately, like we said, Flying Brian died into this angle where Stone Cold broke into his house. This is in 97. This has not been seen on TV before as far as wrestling. He broke into his house and Flying Brian pulled a gun on him to the point where people were calling the police department. It was like when um, Gilbert hit Lawler. Yes. Where people were calling the station going, "Uh, you got to get the cops there. We just witnessed a vehicular uh, uh, homicide. Homicide, yeah. To where Literally, the WWF had to go on TV and go, it was part of the show. Sorry. Yeah. That's how big of a, that's how much of a big deal that was. But sorry. That's just, when you can't even compare the Edge and Seth Rollins thing, because it's just like. Do you think anyone was calling the cops the next day saying, hey, somebody broke in there or we're talking about it at the water coolers the next day? No. No, I just appreciate you calling it a water cooler. Yeah. Yeah, I still do. Um, yeah, and and with and with uh Austin and um Brian, the Hollywood Blondes, the tag team of the nineteen nineties, um so much potential, but it was it's kinda like it it had to it and they never lost the tag team championship. Brian um uh tore a tendon in his ankle and so he had to give up his half of the championship and Stephen Regal uh, was in his, took his place and they lost it to uh, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma and um, by then Austin was already in the middle of this big singles push and the Dangerous Alliance would come later and match with Ricky Steamboat, Barry Windham and he was establishing himself as the best uh, worker in the entire company. Uh, before he himself was injured. And by this time, when Brian Pillman came back, the idea of reuniting the Blondes had come and gone. Um, so that Austin was already on his path to single superstardom. And Pillman had carved out his own niche, but 
it was never he was never as big as when he was with Austin. And of course, injuries followed, and his own loose cannon uh, persona, uh, the idea of I'll act crazy, so then I'll make everyone believe that WCW fired me, and then I'll get hired by the WWE. And you know the, the work shoot stuff, the Bobby Heenan incident um, had everyone thinking that he was a nut, even when he came into uh, to Philly when he debuted um, with the lights out. Biggest pop just that, with uh, the cane. yeah, just with the cane pointing back to the camera and coined the term smart marks. First time I'd ever heard it uh, came from Brian Pillman. Uh, and but he did all that himself. And again, had that Hummer accident not had he just if Brian had not been snake bit with injury so much anyway. But the Hummer incident, obviously, because of the, his drug use, he fell asleep at the wheel. And I was gonna say, if that and if he could have just you know behaved himself, yeah, he'd yeah. still be alive. And we would be talking in more glowing terms about um, flying Brian Pillman, but. Yeah, we lost him uh, October 5th, 1997. And I said this was a bad day, Dan, not just because of that, because we lost Brian. But exactly two years later, on that same date, during a TV taping, between a uh, TV match between uh, D'Lo Brown and Darren Drozdoff went bad. And uh, yeah. that, that was the day that um, Darren Drozdoff was paralyzed for life. But again, on on that same day, October fifth, uh, nineteen ninety nine, uh, the timing was terrible because this came uh, a number of days after the death of Owen Hart. So, uh, WWF professional wrestling in general and WWE in particular were uh, under a microscope and just did not look good. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so October fifth, nineteen ninety nine, uh, was when uh, was Darren Drozdov's last match. Uh, but we'll end on a good note because on today, in t- <laughs> October sixth, uh, hey, good times, a legend was born, uh, in Abruzzi, Italy. And uh, when I say legend, I emphasize mm. legend because this mm. young man who was not probably could have died many, many, many times over yeah, the whole know, World War II thing going on. Yeah. With that pesky little war. Um, you know, when we talk about wrestler or just people that can have their own movie about them. Um, just the one word would do it. Even though it's been that name has been taken by uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, but if there was ever a wrestler that deserved their own movie just because their life story was such a thing of inspiration, it's uh, the man who was born on this day, 86 years ago. My favorite wrestler of all time, Bruno Sammartino. And you know what? To my knowledge, there's been no. I've not heard somebody utter a bad word about that guy. No. Imagine that. No, you couldn't. Um, nah. even, well, he'd even kill that, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think what did most, you just say about me? 
most telling, I think Dan was uh, was Stan Hansen when he talked about uh, he was doing the interview. Um, you know, we talked about the, the night he broke Bruno's neck. Um, he was 26 years old, wrestling in Madison Square Garden. Six months earlier, he was wrestling in Oklahoma in front of basically nobody. But now you give Fred Blassie your manager and this big, tough, you know, Texas heel with very poor eyesight is wrestling Bruno Sammartino in Madison Square Garden, misjudges a body slam and breaks his neck. Um, he's scared. He's oh, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous. I didn't think about it. Yeah, I was probably a little nervous. But uh, he felt, you know, so bad. But Bruno never held it against him. Never badmouthed him. Never said, you know. And even Stan said, you know, toward the end of Bruno, he, he would try to call Bruno, you know, at least once or twice a year, see how he's doing. Because he said, Danny, even after all this time, he still expected Bruno to wake up one day and say, you know what? That son of a bitch broke my neck. <laughs> I, I'm going to kill him. I ain't talking to that guy. Where is that uh, son of a bitch? <laughs> but, yeah, he still considered Bruno as uh, the, the best champion. Um, out of all the people that Stan Hansen has wrestled, and this is on two continents, you know, he didn't say Baba, didn't say Inoki, uh, didn't say Vern Ganya. He said, uh, he, he said Bruno was the greatest champion, uh, I supported everything. Yeah. Uh, fact that his record of championship reign will never be broken in this or any other era. He was the man who built the WWF. Um, after beating Buddy Rogers in 48 seconds, he held the belt for seven and a half years straight and wrestled uh, Madison Square Garden every month in Philadelphia every month in Boston Garden every month, Capital Center in Landover, Maryland every month, Civic Center in Pittsburgh every month, not every once in a while, not, you know, once a year, every single month, sold out all those arenas I just mentioned every single month. Um, there is nothing close to anyone having the type of mythic, epic um, stature that Bruno had. He was everyone's dad's favorite wrestler. He was John Cena's dad's favorite wrestler. He was Kurt Angle's dad's favorite wrestler. He was Corey Graves' dad's favorite wrestler. You just say Bruno to any wrestling fan who grew up in the 70s and in, in the Northeast, and that's all you needed to say was just Bruno. Uh, he is one name with just synonymous with um, just everything good. And like you said, Dan, no one has any bad thing to say about Bruno um, because he uh, not only did he build a company on his back, he made a lot of people that he wrestled a lot of a lot money. Of money. <laughs> it, if it wasn't for Bruno, there wouldn't be the the, the, the triumvirate, you know, the mass, the main event, the original main event mafia, Dan, was not in TNA. It was Ivan Koloff, Ernie Ladd, and superstar Billy Graham. Because those three would come in in revolving terms every couple of months to challenge Bruno. And now all three of them would sell out Mass Square Garden with Bruno to the point where whenever Ivan Koloff, Ernie Ladd, and superstar Billy Graham wrestled in Madison Square Garden, whether they wrestled Bruno or if they were the opening card, they all got main event money. They all got paid the same. Anytime they wrestled in Madison Square Garden because of all the sellouts they had with Bruno. So that's what Bruno did for them. In fact, Stan Hansen even said after he broke Bruno's neck, he feared not just Bruno's wrath, 
but the wrath of Ivan Koloff, Superstar, and Ernie Ladd, because they were one of them was set to come in. I believe it was Ernie was set to come in after Hanson uh, for the program with Bruno, because that match he had with Bruno, that was supposed to be their last one. And Bruno broke his neck. And, uh, you know, he came back, we know that in, uh, in June of that, his neck was broken in March. He came back in June of that year, um, three months later. But those three months, um, one of those three would have been in the uh, a program with Bruno, and he feared their wrath because those guys might have one of those three would have lost lost out on some big paydays uh, because Bruno equals big paydays. But he never heard anything from from those guys, and and truth be told, Ivan Superstar and Ernie Ladd, uh, because of the wrestling business at the time had more than enough places to go to earn top dollars. And they did. Uh, Ernie in Florida and in, uh, in the Mid-South, uh, superstar in Florida, had a big run. And also in the AWA, and Ivan Koloff was wrestling on the West Coast and in Texas and drawing main event money. But when you wrestle Bruno, you're getting top dollar. But... Uh, his uh, and for those of you who don't, I alluded to it. Uh, his story Bruno was born in Abruzzi, Italy, and during World War II, his family to escape from the Germans had to hike into the mountains of Italy, um, in below freezing weather. And his mother, uh, would hike back down to their village even after it had been occupied by the Nazis and to get food to bring back to her children, including Bruno. And that trip would take a day to go down there and then another day back. Bring it back, yeah. Yeah, to feed uh, Bruno. And Bruno had, had uh, I believe he got yellow fever at some point or his uh, fever was, uh, was, temperature was up to 102. I thought he would die several times, uh, but he didn't thanks to the strength of his mother and his strength. I have to uh, take a break from the historian right now because what I'm watching on the AEW is Orange Cassidy and his crew all coming out wearing Sixers jerseys. Yes. Uh, yes. Two Embiid's uh, and uh, Franklin, the mascot, is out there too. Notice no Ben Simmons jerseys though. I uh, wouldn't. Uh, well, that would be something a heel should wear today. Yes, it would be. Yes. You're right, but uh, but uh, that's something that Sammy Zayn did in New York. Did you see that? Yes, <laughs> that was genius. Yeah. Absolutely genius. Random aside, I apologize. That's no, uh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. I hate to get any time I wax philosophical about my. It's okay, I, I have I have know. breaking news to end the show. So do what you got to okay. do. Okay. Uh, yeah. So happy. 86th birthday to the living legend, the man who sold that Madison Square Garden more than any other uh, wrestler ever will. Ever, ever. Ever, ever. Bruno San Martino. Go ahead. We have to do your sign off, man. Oh, you have to. Just you have to say, and that, you know, just end wrestling the story. And that (laughs) is a wrestling historian. So I have some breaking news. Breaking news. Do, 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 breaking, do, 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 do. breaking, breaking, breaking news. Thank you, Pierre over there. Philadelphia <laughs> legend. Yes, I um, I also want to say 
um, as far as uh, making money, uh, he wasn't like other people who made money later and tried to politic uh, less money for others because he was a bald prick. Yes. Or a balding prick. Balding. <laughs> yes. He's been balding for 48 years. But anyway, yeah, uh, I always mention, uh, you know, especially with COVID because their season was kind of just ending when COVID when COVID started. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. Superstars was just ending their season, their second season. Mm-hmm. And I asked uh, and tried to find out a bunch of times that uh, is it coming back? Is it gone? And wow, for those of the women of wrestling, women superstars of wrestling, all women's uh, wrestling mm-hmm. uh uh, uh, promotion on TV and I couldn't get an answer. I have my answer. They are coming back. Yes. They are revamping. Completely new look. Some new stars, some old stars. And just announced today, the executive producer for said WOW television show is AJ Mendez. Wow. Now that is good news I'd like to end on. And also Leo Rush getting television mic time on AEW. There's another slight update to what we've mentioned uh, in the past few months on uh, HIC Talk Radio. Uh, Leo Rush retiring. He's unretired. He's with AEW. He's now all elite. And I couldn't have been happier. And all they need to do, if he can't wrestle, the injury thing is real and he can't wrestle, put him on the microphone to be what he was and what he could be you only saw a little bit with the WWE because everybody took it as legit was like, he's annoying, get him off. Yeah, that was the idea, stupid. Yes. Leo Rush has the capability and everything in place to be a million-dollar manager. He is He would be the closest thing to a Bobby Heenan you could possibly get Yes, because he's a sawed-off runt. He's got a slappable face. He's got the attitude that makes you want to, and he can work. So if you have this little pipsqueak talking for all these big guys, like he did with Bobby Lashley, um, he could get so much out of him and so much heat and just so much money because if you get him in a mixed tag team match or if he interferes and it goes wrong and you could see the babyface finally get their hands on that little sawed-off runt. The place would go banana, you know. And that was one of the reasons why Adam Cole left because they wanted, and I think we talked about it. They wanted Adam Cole to be the manager of Keith Lee, of Bearcat Keith Lee. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. So instead of making Adam Cole your next Roddy Piper. And I said, you make him like a player coach, surround him with other guys, bigger guys, and have him do all the talking uh, like Piper did, but also manage. Instead of making Adam Cole the next Roddy Piper, they wanted to make him the next Leo Rush, meaning a a, a mouthpiece for somebody and also going to change his name. Uh, But Leo Rush, if exactly what you said, I know he, he wants to wrestle. He wants to be the king of the cruiserweights. If he is legitimately hurt and he can't go put that guy with a guy that can go him and geez any of the number of guys that can't talk anybody yeah him and scorpio sky him and uh uh 
even I wouldn't. I uh, know I can't. I was gonna say Hobbs, but Taz is doing such a phenomenal job with them. But they they just need some TV time, uh, and they'll be fine. But you put Leo Rush with one of the guys that aren't being pushed, and you can make a mint with him because he is the closest thing to a Bobby Heenan type manager as you can possibly get. What made Bobby so great was not only was he had the gift of gab, he can talk guys in the seats, but when he ever when he overstepped his bounds and the the face got a hold of him, he could sell a punch, he could flip over the top rope, he could do everything. Leo Rush can do that. Um, but we will again we'll see. There I see the character they've given Leo Rush. He, I think it's he's now he's a millionaire or a billionaire. He's got he's like he's the, the new million dollar man now, talking about his stocks or Whatever, but uh, <laughs> I just aha, aha, I just think I'm just remembering his his little laugh. Aha. Yeah, aha, aha, aha. <laughs> he, oh he, God, he, I knew he was he, pissing people off. I was like, yes, potentially could be the greatest manager since Bobby Heenan, or a Jimmy Cornette type guy that just so weaselly that you want it. Uh, but he, but he doesn't want to. And that's really a shame because any company that would have him. And also, he's got to keep his mouth shut, too. I know if he wasn't such an annoying pain in the ass, he'd still be with WWE. But he rubbed so many people the wrong way, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. Uh, I don't know how that's going to be in in AEW. Obviously, he's getting paid very much. Hopefully, that means he can keep his mouth shut and realize that this is his last shot. And if he wants to, to uh, get along, he's got to go along. So, but we shall see. But AJ Mendez, that's great news. Fantastic. Can't wait to see it back. Minus Tessa Blanchard. Put her in the first segment so I can skip it. Uh, Craig, where can people sir? follow you, sir? They can follow me in all my blackness uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagan, C R A I G L I double G E O N S. Follow me everywhere. At DanLaw83, the HIC Talk Radio Network is everywhere at HIC Talk Radio. On your podcast app on your smartphone, go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music Now, uh, Google Podcasts, any phone you use. Download the podcast app, type in HIC Talk Radio. Uh, if you're not watching us live, you can see the highlights at youtube.com slash DanLaw83. Watch us live. You're listening to us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, danlaw.tv. For Craig Legans, and the above average comedian. No, I'm not. I keep forgetting. I'm not above average anymore. I'm just the other guy. Even today, someone, like, they tagged the other three on Stadium Journey and then another tree going, and how can we forget Dan Law? God damn it. 